0: Welcome everybody to session number two of the Candle Keep actual play through of the Candle Keep mysteries. Today we are going to be diving into the second mystery in the book. This is Froth's Mighty Digressions. Uh, and we have some new cast members in this episode from what we had last time. So you will we will introduce them uh, through the gameplay as we begin, but like always, we're gonna attempt to go ahead and run through the book uh, as close to uh, as close to how it was written uh, as possible. So I know I uh, just like last time, I am super excited for this. I think this is gonna be a really great time. Uh, I know uh, the the players have been saying how excited they are. Uh, so let us begin. Uh, one thing that I am doing differently from this time around than what I did last time uh, is I do actually have a map pack that I am using. Uh, and anybody that's familiar with this story, there's a lot more map reliance this time around than there was the first time around, um, although we did use a map last time, and I think that was very handy. Uh, but just understand, uh, for those of us, for those uh, folks listening to the episode, um, that we're going to do our best to go ahead and uh, run through explanations of what everybody is seeing, um, but I will make sure and put a link to the map pack that we're using in the show notes uh, so that uh, if need be, you can go ahead and uh, download that so you can get the full grasp of uh, what it is that we're looking at. Let us begin. all the players that were in the last game, I'm gonna ask you all to go ahead and introduce yourselves first, and I have put up an image of the tavern within the walled portion of Candlekeep itself. You find yourselves uh, all sitting around uh, a table at the back side of the bar, and it is raining torrentially right now. It is absolutely cats and dogs in, in the Candlekeep area right now. In fact, there are people... All around that are commenting about how hard it is rating and in more specific the avowed who first introduced you guys into candle keep who uh, who first came to you and. Um, uh, took your books when you entered candle keep and met your carriage when you arrived, he is uh, sitting in the tavern, uh, he is sitting on one of the bar stools. Uh, at the far end, uh, and he, every so often, will pull his left hand out of his cloak, and it will glow with a, a green uh, kind of tint to it, and he will mumble under his breath uh, about the carriage that day being late. So first off, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and ask our players from last time to introduce their characters. I will go around and uh, ask you to uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, so, Simeon, let us start with you today.
1: Hi. Uh, I am Simeon Peleus Wintermere. I hail from the Miralan Valley of Kormir. And I am here in Candlekeep to study investigation, as my new position
0: amongst the City Watch does call for it. Fabulous. Daz, would you introduce yourself, please?
2: I am Illidaz Zanderfeld, a paladin of Torm, more specifically the Order of the Golden Lion from the Vast. Um, here to locate a book
0: on the light of Torm and the teachings of Tor. Fabulous, thank you. Kess, would you introduce yourself, please?
3: Hi, I'm Kess. and Kess has a knife, a jeweled um, paper knife specifically, uh, balanced on her palm, on her right palm. And she's watching that, but watching everyone else out of the corner of her eyes and doing tricks with the knife. I was raised as a monk. I'm here to learn. Fabulous. And Sprocket, please. Hi, my name is Flubalaxium, Tenderflux
4: Sprocketophilus, Crimpernip, Waint, Don't, Sengewhiskers, First. Most people just call me Sprocket, Sengewhiskers. I'm a gnome, artificer. I love learning. I'm all about knowledge and all of its forms. And I came to Candlekeep, well, honestly, I think the scholar cloister that I was staying with before was trying to get rid of me when they sent me on the quest with this book to Candlekeep. But um, that's okay, because Candlekeep is even bigger. And now my goal is to become a a sage. I want to be
0: a member of Candlekeep. This is like the greatest center of learning in the world. Excellent. Thank you very much. And you find yourselves all sitting around a table. Uh, You find uh, food is ample, drink is ample, uh, and the fire is nice and warm where you are. So we're going to turn now to our new companions who find themselves on a carriage. The carriage, it is as it is in the Candlekeep, it is raining torrentially, and you get the feeling that the carriage driver himself is somewhat frustrated by this and that you keep hearing him mutter about how uh, the speed uh, is just not what it, what it should be, and that there, you should be making better time, and, and that, uh, uh, that we're, we're going to be late. He keeps, he keeps mentioning uh, the name Arlington, as Arlington is going to be angry. We're going to be late. So I'm going to invite you, please, to uh, introduce yourselves. Inon, why don't we start with you? Please give yourself... Uh, an introduction, uh, including in particular for you, please, your appearance.
5: I am Anon. I hail from the Southwest. I am a tortle over six feet. I am middle-aged, 35, 36 years. I am a mottled brown with green eyes, a smooth shell with some scarring. I've traveled along the roads, by boat, by ship, to see the world in all its glory and wonder.
0: Excellent. Fabulous. Thank you very much. And Alarai, would you please introduce yourself?
6: Hello, I'm Alarai. Um, I'm a quiet, I would say little, but I believe that this carriage is rather crammed at the moment, um, as I am a over six foot furbolg. <laughs> <laughs> I have... Sun, sun-kissed, if you will, but I basically have yourself a farmer's tan. Very dark-skinned and very vibrant purple hair with blue eyes. I'm very dusty and very trail-ridden, if you will. I've I I i, I, I I'm, I've been on the road for a while. I'm, I'm from a ways away, about a week. For me, that's a ways. I've never left home until fairly in the last year recently. That's recent, right? Um, but yeah, hi, I'm me.
0: Fabulous. In the carriage with you is a 25, 28-year-old looking half-elf uh, who is uh, exceptionally cramped in the carriage with the two large occupants uh, taking up the bulk of the space. Yes, Hello, my name is Amon Crow. Uh, I am a a wizard of of some renown. I am I am surprised that you have not met me before. Uh, you have not you have not heard of me before. Uh, but I am coming to Candlekeep to continue my studies, uh, in the arts of fire and 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 movement and fiery movement and movementy fire and all the things that we wish to go ahead and see. And you are you are both very. Very large individuals. Uh, if you'll excuse me, uh, 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 it is, uh, I hope I am not taking up uh, too much room for you.
6: Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and you see Alaride kind of shrink a little bit further. If a furball could get smaller, she's trying.
0: The carriage continues on, and it... it Day turns into night, and well into the evening, finally you find the carriage pulling up in front of the large gatehouse, uh, which is at the front of the compound, which encircles the Candlekeep library. The carriage driver calls into the into the keep. Those of you in the tavern see the avowed that you met before uh, stand up, Uh, And mutter under his breath, finally, uh, as he stomps out of the tavern. A few moments later, he walks in with the three individuals that you just met. Uh, The large tortle, the tall firbolg, and the short and somewhat odd half-elf. And they begin talking uh, around a table, much a conversation much like you remember from when you first arrived. Uh, and he goes around and asks them the name of the book uh, that they are donating to the library. Um, and so, Alarai, since I started with Enon last time, would you please describe for me the book that you are giving to Candlekeep as payment for your entrance?
6: So Alarai pulls out of her side satchel a very dirty very worn paperback style large book. It, I mean, there's literally dirt coming off of it. It looks like a notebook that somebody has kept, but more recently written like with ink across the front. It says, Plowing Practices, a treatise on rocky and sandy soils. Um, <laughs> and she kind of, she, you know, hands it over kind of sheepishly. Arlington
0: dusts the cover off. This will make a fine addition. This is we. This is not. I can guarantee that we do not have any other books in our library quite like this one.
6: And she looks rather relieved, but sits quietly.
0: And uh, you, my my turtle friend, uh, uh, please. Which book are you bringing to us uh, this day to pay for your entrance?
5: I've brought you a book of poems titled under the watchful eye, a total book of poems. It is in Aquarin. Hopefully your scholars can.
0: Oh, I am, I am sure that we will have scholars that can aid in the translation. This is a fine addition. Uh, while we do a great amount of research uh, and study, uh, poetry is one of the, one of the arts that mon- many of us care for greatly. Your donation is gladly accepted. Then Arlington turns to the half elf. All right. Uh, and you, Eamon, what do you have this day? And Eamon nervously begins fumbling through his satchel. Uh, and at this point, please, I would like a perception check from everybody in the tavern. Uh, that's an eight. Fabulous. Me too.
3: Twenty-three for Cast. Fabulously,
2: a little bit more observant than (laughs) us.
0: I I was going to say, well, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're you're busy lounging on the sofa there in the corner, Daz. So that's a
6: you know. has a whopping three. Excellent. Yep.
1: Twenty-four based on a natural twenty for a natural twenty.
0: Fabulous. Excellent. Um, and and an on your roll. Sixteen total. Fabulous. Okay, Daz and Sprocket and Alarai, um, you are clearly distracted by something else. Everybody else in the party, and particularly uh, so, everybody else in the party, notices that Aemon is definitely having difficulty getting the book out of his satchel. Simeon, in particular, uh, and perhaps this is your your skills in investigation lately, or perhaps even the experience with books that you had last time. (laughs) Ah. it is uh-huh. clear that that the reason why Eamon is having so much difficulty with the book in the satchel is because the book is resisting being taken out. The book is is uh, is is moving, is animated in some in some way. And at this point, please, uh, I need you all to roll initiative. What you all see as our rounds begin is Eamon pulls. Uh, a book out of his statue and it is clear that the book is not only animated, uh, but alive, and lashes out at Eamon, taking a large chunk out of his left shoulder, and Eamon crumples over the table, clearly in distress. The Avowed, sitting at the head of the table, so he fires a uh, a, okay, flame bolt at the book, um, but the book dodges, and the flame bolt uh, hits the wall right by the fireplace uh, behind Daz and Cass. Cass uh, the initiative is yours. You tell me where you want to move, and I will move you, um, and then uh, you can roll your attack.
3: So Kess is going to launch herself through the air, a standing jump as far as she can get toward the book, meanwhile pulling out her three-section staff, which she is spinning, and she's going to try to hook it around the book and immobilize the book. So this is like wrapping the three-section staff around the yep. book if possible. Basically a grapple check, sure. Yep. Yeah, so that would be a 10 to hit.
0: Mm-hmm. You will miss.
3: All right, can can she follow up with a kick? You can. All right, so she's going to do a crescent kick, and again, try to immobilize the book on the table, bringing her le- le- leg up and over, and that would be a 22 to hit?
0: That will hit. Roll your dances. Okay, that would be uh, eight. Next in order here would be Simeon. I
1: am going to move uh, directly to the square, to the square uh, south of uh, uh, of Kes, and I am going to attack with my scimitars. Wielding my scimitars, I am going to swing downward at the book and uh, slash sideways at the book, means to pincer the the uh, demon chronicle in between my blades. It's not going to get it. It's going to be an eight.
0: An eight will not hit.
1: And my second attack,
0: a ten. A ten will not hit. Uh, These confounded books! (laughs) Sprocket, your initiative, please.
4: Sprocket, now that there is a book in danger. (laughs) Full (laughs) focus. And he slips between everybody quickly, pulling his belt off as he goes, saying, Don't hurt the book! Those are swords, you moron! And he tries to tackle it. And grapple it himself. right,
0: so uh, an attack roll against the book, please. 19. 19 will hit.
4: Now I suppose I need strength to grapple it.
0: Once you are able to reach it, you're able to to grapple it fairly successfully, so.
4: Well, then I wrap my belt around it and secure it shut. Sorry, Simeon, I didn't mean to call you a moron. I get a little excited.
0: It is the book's turn after having initiative against uh, Eamon the first time around and when you wrap your belt around it, the form of the book changes to a dagger uh, and slips out of the belt uh, and attacks you. So this dagger now flies through the air uh, and it clearly tried to stab at Sprocket, but having now slipped the bonds of of the belt, um, the dagger changes back into a book.
6: After Sprocket is Alarai. Uh, seeing how this is played out um, she's going to jump up out of her off that bench I guess she's sitting on yep. and run over and try to just land on it okay like pit it down with her feet and her her weight fabulous
0: uh, uh, an attack roll please that's a 12 a 12 will hit it so you are now standing on the book um, and it is uh, it's it's trying to gnash its teeth and Snap its jaws, but uh, you are you are pressing it down uh, fairly successfully. Daz, would you go next, please?
2: So uh, I think uh, Ildaz has the, the brief thought. He has his hand on his mace and sees Sprocket's concern and goes, "No, Sprocket would never allow me to hit this <laughs> <laughs> Um I think if uh, Alorai will allow. Uh, we'll do like a almost like a switcheroo where I'll take my shield off my back and put the shield down like almost over the book, and then we can all like st- hold our feet on the shield so that it can't get out from under it.
0: Basically, Okay.
6: if you think that'll work,
0: okay. So uh, Iladaz, I will put you uh, where uh, Alarai is. Um, would you give me please a dexterity check to see if you can execute this maneuver? Okay.
2: (laughs) When Alarai said do, I think it's possible. Um, I didn't know I'd be making a dexterity check. Okay. Um, that's only a seven. Only a
0: seven. (laughs) Oh, no.
6: I was gonna say, does Alarai need to do a dex check as Uh. well, since she's standing on it? Could she Uh, help me? You know what?
0: Uh, absolutely. Alarai, why don't you also roll your dexterity check?
6: I have an eleven.
0: Okay, uh, so the the book in question also made a dexterity check to see if he could slip the bonds of Alarai's foot as the exchange was happening, uh, and uh, I rolled a 14, which defeats both of your rolls. So the book is now free once again. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, no worries. <laughs> oh on. No. Your, your attack, sir. So if that if that oh. didn't use my action, oh, no, uh, that, no, that, that exactly, no, that that we can say that that was like a that would have been like a like a not your action action. You can still attack if now that you've noticed that the book is free. Uh, that's basically your movement. Um, you can make an attack.
2: Okay, you know, I'm as much as I am interested in trapping this book. I am also concerned that uh, this half elf here is probably really injured from having their shoulder bitten. Mm-hmm. So I He's will quite injured. Yes. I will cast, uh, Cure Wounds on them.
0: Okay. And how much will he get back? Uh, that is... 12. Wow, okay. Yeah, um, his, uh, the gaping wound in his shoulder that surely would have been fatal heals over, um he still looks a little worse for wear. Like, I mean, he lost a lot of blood. So uh, he, he's uh, but he definitely, the, the wound is healed and he seems to be regaining uh, some of his color. Okay. Um, Inan, uh, it is your turn.
5: Am I able to see the book?
0: Yes. Cause both Sprocket and Eamon are short. So you can certainly see over both of them. Uh, and the book is very much kind of in the middle of the party there.
5: I would like to attempt to cast a uh, frostbite.
0: Okay. Um, so roll your uh, if you're rolling as an offensive spell, there should be an attack modifier on your spell list. Uh, it'd be like a plus whatever, so you'd roll your d20 and nineteen plus five. A nineteen plus five will hit it. So roll your damage, please. Five. Okay. Uh, this bolt. This bolt of ice uh, shoots at the book uh, and hits it. Fabulous. We are back at the beginning of initiative. Cass, your attack, please.
3: Is there any impact on the book from being frozen? Uh, I don't believe frost so, frostbite's just a cantrip, right?
0: Yeah. So it doesn't it does not actually freeze the book. I mean it, it kind of looks like it was hit by a by a snowball, but it doesn't it's not like frozen or anything like that. It's so still,
3: it's not immobilized in any way. Correct. It's still No, like
5: it should just have disadvantage on the next attack.
3: I'm going to look at the book sideways with my head sideways to try to assess its ability to engage with me. And I'm going to um, swing two sections of my three-section staff. I don't seem at all interested in Sprocket's idea that this book needs to be preserved. And attempt again to bludgeon the book and also immobilize it by wrapping the three-section staff okay. around it. Fabulous. That would be um, uh, 23 to hit. That will hit. So roll first your damage. That would be
0: 7. Uh, and would you also please, uh, so again, give me a dexterity check to see if you can, uh, in the course of your attack, uh, immobilize the book. But this will take the uh, take the place of your bonus attack. So. Okay. So this
3: is um, nineteen.
0: You are able to pin the book with both ends of your staff. So it is immobilized within the bounds of your three, your three, uh, your, 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 your three section staff. Um, Simeon, it is your attack. Um, and while it is currently grappled uh, by Kess, um, you can certainly, there's still plenty of book to attack.
3: Kess is piping up.
1: Book down! Uh, would I have advantage seeing as how it's uh, pinned? Yes. 22. With it my first hit. strike? Bagels. You may not be just a book. And so I will hit you as though you were not just a book. And damage on the first attack is eight. Second attack is going to be a 21. hmm Also hit.
0: That's going to be five. Okay. Uh, now would be a good time to stand down. Yep. The book turn is next. Uh, and it will again perform its... Uh, its- Fun shape-change action, uh, and yeah, it will again, uh, turn into a dagger, uh, and fall through the bounds of the, uh, of the three-section staff. Actually, um, uh, Kess, would you give me, I'm gonna give me an opposed dexterity roll to see if you can contain it, please. 22. Okay, I actually rolled a natural 20, so uh, the dagger will slip through the bonds, uh, and the dagger, as it begins to fall, again, shoots through the air uh, and hits Eamon again, and it hits four, lots of damage. It buries itself hilt-deep into Eamon's chest, and Eamon falls, and uh, the dagger turns back into book format.
3: Kess hollers to cool. Sprocket. It's not just
0: a book. Uh, Sprocket, it is your turn. Mm-hmm. Just because it's
4: magic doesn't mean it's still not a book. He got it in his bag somehow. And Sprocket casts Mend
0: on it because he's sure he lo- it's looking tattered by now. Uh-oh. Okay, <coughs> cast, mend on, cast Mend on the book. So which one are you doing? Are you doing the, the foam or are you doing just the normal spell? The foam is how I cast the spell. Got it okay. but
4: it's it's basically just the it's not two
0: things right yeah yeah okay
4: yeah it's just the effect of how
5: cool.
0: I cast it all right um so sprocket uh sprays foam all over uh all over the book um and the book like shakes it off like what are you spraying on me you you strange little person um and uh as far as you can tell <laughs> no change really in the damage to the book Okay. You also, don't normally see books that bruise and bleed, so that's a little strange too. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not a book. You can yep. kill it. <laughs> uh, Alarai, it is your attack, please.
6: Um, I think I'm going to start off by just grabbing Amen. Yep. And pulling him out of the way because. Yep. It seems to have a thing for him.
0: Yep. Let's uh, let's move you over here then, out of the range of things. So, um, and Eamon is, uh, absolutely unconscious. Oh, he just rolled a natural one on his death save. Like I promise, like,
6: um, she's going to call That's out, can anybody do anything about this? I can't do a thing yep. and run back at the book and try and stab it straight down into that wood floor.
0: Dragging Eamon, uh, away okay. from the combat would have taken your movement. So unless you've got That's something fine. ranged at this point.
6: Yep. Well, I haven't pulled out a weapon yet, so I'll pull out my bow. Okay, fair enough. Uh,
0: and pulling out your bow... Um, yeah, because you can do you can pull out your bow as a, as a free
6: action, so you can that would allow you to take a shot. I got a 15. 1-5. Okay, that, that will hit. Uh, and that's 9 damage.
0: Fabulous. Uh, so uh, please tell me how you kill the book. Um, you fire your arrow, it hits the book. Describe what happens.
6: Um, after looking down at Eamon and calling out if anybody can help him, I pull the bow out and knock an arrow, and aim carefully, and just pin it straight to the ground at Sprocket's feet.
0: <laughs> fabulous, uh, fabulous! So, Sprocket, there is a, a battered, bloody, and bruised book pinned to the floor at your feet.
4: I nudge it with my hammer,
0: uh, it just to not- make sure it's
4: dead. Poke it with a uh, stick, it, you know.
0: It just sort of ru- <laughs> it just sort of rustles, uh, but does not uh, does not respond.
4: But it stays in book form.
0: Uh, it does stay in book form. Fascinating.
2: Um, definitely, I want to grab. As As Sprocket said, he got it in his bag somehow. I think while um, Alorai was taking him out of the fight, I snatched the bag and in. Even though it's dead, I have no idea if it's going to stay dead. I stuff it in the bag in the hopes so that it, the bag has some quality that will keep it um, yeah. contained
0: so as you uh, as you move it um it sort of uh begins to uh melt sort of um and it, so it's you don't have to pull the arrow out you can just kind of it starts to turn into like a jello consistency maybe like ectoplasm um and just begins kind of so you kind of scoop it into the bag <laughs> no i have book juice all over my hands <laughs> exactly like you know so, um and it's it's like this green icarus material on your on your hands, but otherwise you kind of it's like putting it's like putting uh, like Miracle Whip into like a into a Ziploc bag. Though it's kind of like it's you know it just doesn't really want to go. This is kind of like leaving a trail. Uh, I'm on
2: trying the, my best, brocket Behind it, Master uh. Paladin.
5: I don't believe that's a book.
0: Well, not Kes, anymore.
3: <laughs> Kess hands you a cloth and says, "Man, wipe, wipe that off. You don't know what it is."
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely begin wiping my hands of whatever yeah that was.
0: Yeah. It 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 wipes off easily enough um but it it's it sort of it sort of tingles <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh and as um, as you're kind of wiping off your hands, um, you see the wound in Eamon's chest um, is is kind of coated in that same material. Uh and the, the wound is, is getting is getting larger. And having seen uh and healed people who had taken damage before, uh it's pretty clear at this point that, that Aemon is expired.
1: Oh, oh. I actually was going to take some tea leaves and just try to hold it to the wound to see if I could help him in
0: some fashion using my medicine skill. Fabulous. Um, He is now
6: dead and
0: covered in tea.
6: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you guys did all of that because I was yeah. going to say that Alarai had her hands on the wound, trying to do pressure the whole yep. nine. Yep.
0: You yep. now have Iker and T on your hands. No, no, I'm right. I'm, I'm and- joking, yeah. No, it is. Uh, it is. It is pretty clear at this point um, that the wound that that Eamon took was exceptionally grievous, and whatever this material was did not help. Another um, man brought low. I can
6: <laughs> If Alarai's hands are on the wound and this stuff is on them. I mean is there any burning? What's this, is there any sensation from sort this? It's tingly. Yeah. Okay.
3: Just is handing you another cloth really quickly. Yeah.
0: As you guys are kind of there collecting yourselves, the the avowed steps over uh shaking his head. This is the third time this month. I, thought I it was uh, unusual. Very unusual. We do not have books attacking newly arrived uh, uh, members often.
1: Well, since I didn't report the one that attacked me, see the wound, uh, <laughs> the la- uh, a few days ago, uh, it's important to note that that would make it f- four times in the last few months.
0: That well, said, did the book uh, that attacked you turn into a big pile of green goo
3: when you killed it? No, but there was a whole flock of them.
0: There weren't
4: many. I think there are they, they kind of re, were, I think with books it would be like crows and you would call it a murder. A murder of books. Yes. At least it tried to murder us.
1: Yeah. I did it. Well, you know, we need a series of books attacked us.
0: Look, we we need to get to oh, the God, bottom that of was it it's 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 fairly clear that look. Some of you have already worked together, uh, but it's even clear that, you know, you guys function fairly well as a party. Uh, could we, we have a budget for such things to uh, hire people. Uh, could we make a deal uh, and, and everyone here is super busy uh, and really important, okay? So could we hire you all to help us investigate this? A budget, you say? Yes.
6: Calorize ears, literally perk up. I would absolutely
1: be interested in assisting. Not so much because of the budget, but because if the issue is books attacking innocent people, Simeon Peleus Wintermere is on the case.
2: <laughs> I definitely uh, turn to Cass and I kind of say, like, I don't like that they're insinuating that we're available and unimportant because just because they're busy and important.
3: Cass gives you a half smile. <laughs> Of agreement.
0: Look, if that's your infer, if that's your inference, but you're I- offering us money, so <laughs> <laughs> well. So, Candlekeep also has a long-standing policy of not offering money. However, we do have many magical items in our storehouses that we would be happy to give you in exchange if you can solve this. Oh. I'm
3: down, says Cast.
1: I-, I said I was in, and now I can confirm that I'm
2: in. If it will help okay. stop attacks like this one, then I'm
0: definitely in. A- Fabulous.
6: I'd like Elf as well.
0: Um, How then can we can we be of assistance to aid you in your investigation? What resources can we provide you?
4: Sprocket, who is over by the fallen half-elf, scraping bits of the residue into a vial, looks up after mumbling, huh, well? It's a shame, friend, but if you had to go, <laughs> being killed by a book's not so bad. And then he turns back to the avowed and says, I don't need money or magic items. The price of my service is simple. The same as I asked of Matrius. I need you to first promise not to die while we're gone. And then I need sponsorship to join Kendall Keep. I would love to become a member of the sages and be part of this great university, Um and I'll earn my way. I'm just asking for sponsorship. I spoke to you about this when I came in. So if you can agree to that, I'll help you out with anything you need. Uh,
0: I would imagine that look, free and nothing in exchange is certainly within our budget. Uh, I think that these things could be arranged. I we need, need to study it- more before we can make you a full member. But we can at least uh, at least put your name on the list of folks that are, that are being uh, strongly considered. Uh, that's the best I can promise right now.
4: Well, I'm afraid, unfortunately, because my mother did not raise a fool. I mean, I may be small, but that doesn't mean everything goes over my head. You're asking mm-hmm. me to risk my
0: life. I need a little bit more than a maybe. All right. How about we put your name at the top of the list of the maybes? How, if, if I may, so, uh,
1: allow me to uh, negotiate for you. How about you put him at the top of the list of maybes for beginning the quest and upon successful completion... You put him in the middle of the list of the yeses.
0: All right. Top of the list of maybes to start. Bottom of the list of yeses if he makes it back.
1: I must confer with my client. Sprocket? Sprocket beams at you. We're good, but you'll have to throw in a good purchase of some teas from my auntie's uh, uh, wares
4: uh, each season. I think I'm definitely going to have to peruse those magical items when we're done as well.
3: Hey, hey, Sprocket, I have an idea. Hmm. Arlington, I think we need access to a lab so Sprocket can analyze this ichor. And I'd like to talk with the people who were present when the books were received and misbehaved.
0: Uh, certainly, we can... There are plenty of facilities that uh, that we could uh, set up our artificer friend uh, into help investigating the nature of uh, of the material there. Um, and uh, I can certainly put you in contact with with the uh, the the previous uh, uh, students who brought uh, books that did the same thing. It was it's quite disturbing.
3: Excellent. Is this is the Everyone. first one to die. Yes,
0: the other two are both alive.
1: Um, I would also need a new pair of gloves. These, I'm afraid, will no longer do. And I strip my gloves, drop them on the floor. They will just no longer do. What's
0: wrong with the gloves? They touch that stuff. I see.
4: Um, Sprocket puts the gloves in his bag with the vial.
0: Fair enough, um, sir. We'll, 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 There's, there's a leather store across the, uh, across the street. Uh, I'm sure that they can set you up with new gloves. Uh, just tell them that I sent you. Thank they'll you. still charge you, but you can tell them that I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to work that into the deal. I see. Maybe they'll give you a discount. Maybe they'll charge you more. It depends on how they're feeling. So who at this point? So Sprocket, you are uh, absolutely. Uh, given access to a laboratory to go study the iker um Kess, you said that you want to go speak with some of the uh with the other members is anybody going with sprocket to help him study or is ev- is is anybody going with cass or neither we can we can there are three piles at this point
1: um I would certainly go to investigate uh previous um
0: yep. uh okay that we'll put we'll put you in that pile
6: Alarai isn't sure what is going on at this point. She keeps hearing about people coming and dying and getting injured. And then
0: I thought this was just a library. Uh, these things happen. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Why? It's a it's a dynamic it's a dynamic environment here at Candlekeep.
6: I think I will just stay here for now, um, okay. unless somebody needs me.
0: Yep, you are you are certainly welcome uh, to hang out here in the tavern. That's no problem. Um.
6: Daz, Sprocket, or
0: Enon? Uh, what do you feel your characters would be most? Uh, well, Sprocket, that's right. You're going to go research in the laboratory. Um, so, uh, so Daz and Enon. Uh, I you-
2: definitely feel as though Daz is definitely not intelligent enough to be of any use at the lab. That being said, Sprocket does have a habit of getting himself into trouble sometimes. So I will go as more of a bodyguard position just in case there's something that goes wrong with this, uh, I that uh, examining. Fabulous.
0: Okay, um, and um,
4: Sprocket also takes the bag of book goo.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Um, Simeon actually says to uh, Alora, madam, you might want to go with my uh, little friend here as he's an expert at studying things and where you came into physical contact with this stuff It may be good that you're with somebody who's learning
0: about it in case there are after effects.
6: As you wish.
0: All right, so Daz, Sprocket, and Alarai will go. uh, And Enon.
5: It appears Master Crow paid a high price for Forbidden Knowledge. I would be more interested in learning more of what this book is.
0: So, Kess, you were the one that was kind of up close and and personal. Uh, You Sprocket also. Um, The the name of the book, it was like a red leather bound book. Um, The name of the book was Masfroth's Mighty Digressions. And and that was before it sort of turned into uh, the pile of goo that Sprocket now has uh, in his possession. You know, this is not, uh, it's not an unknown book. I mean, Masfroth is a name... uh, you know, he's not like an Elminster, but he's he's a mage of some renown. Like he's published books before, so it's not like totally out of the question that a, a book of uh, of this. Um. Would it would have been brought as a gift. Um, although it was almost surely uh purchased. Um it could have been from uh from Mr. Crow's personal library, but uh without really any knowledge of who he was or where he came from, uh it's that's that's sort of tough to say. Um Alori and Enon uh in the carriage, you do remember him saying that he was from Baldur's Gate, um, which is probably a three or four day trip south uh from where uh from where where you all are now you know in terms of investigating the book um you know again this is uh, a there are many copies of this book it's not the only one um and so that's uh you know this is not a not a unique book in any way but that's what you can that's what you found out about the book
5: perhaps following up with others that were attacked we can learn more details about what this creature is
0: fabulous so uh, I'm going to start then with, uh, with Sprocket uh, and Daz and Alari, um in the laboratory um, studying the, the Iker. So give me, uh, give me an investigation check, please, Sprocket. Roll it at advantage since there are multiple eyes on it, please. On
4: the way over to this laboratory that uh, they've given us um, to figure out what he can use from his companions that are here that might be able to assist. He already knows that, you know, Illidaz is useful for the things that he does, but not really, you know, his head's not in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'd want to ask Alarai, you know, nice to meet you. Sorry the circumstances were so dire, but since you're part of the investigation, do you have any skills or knowledge that could be useful?
6: Alarai br- blinks for a minute at how quickly that came out um, without a single breath and says, I don't know if I have any skills that would help I could farm, but I don't think that's going to help here. Okay, fair enough.
2: You can hold my beakers.
6: I can do that.
2: So you said you wanted an investigation? Please, at advantage. I definitely turned to Alarange, but he's always like this. Don't worry. He's like this with
0: everyone.
6: Good to know. And I I will have handed him the the cloth that I had gotten from Tess, uh, covered in goo and tea leaves and blood
4: perfect more samples so sprocket lays out his alchemical alchemical gear and starts working on the various samples that he has um and i got a dirty 20 for my investigation roll
0: fabulous okay um it is clear that the material that makes up the remains of uh this book creature um is uh It's not necessarily of this plane. Um, It is some sort of aberrant material. You know, it's not a study, having studied creatures of the planes and things before um, or having at least being aware of them. um, It's almost uh, it's almost like if you remember from when uh, you were. Uh, downstairs in the mansion last time around. The little frog-like creature um, that eventually turned into a centipede and when it got killed, it kind of exploded into that green uh, kind of gooey material. Um, mm. it's, closest, it's closest to that.
4: Between the two frames of reference, uh, can I follow up with an arcana check to see if I can come up with anything else in the course of what I've learned or studied that might give me an indication of what plane of existence we're originating from if it's extra planar or sure. an idea any other information about it
0: yeah absolutely 14 uh the closest thing that you can connect this to would be something just totally alien think of like uh like a mind flayer or something like that that's probably like the closest sort of that you can get um, based on on analyzing the uh, the material. Okay. Fascinating, <laughs> but it's distinctly alien. Like it is definitely not, uh, you know, it's definitely not of of normal space. Okay, that's that investigation is going to take some time, so we're gonna continue. We're gonna switch over to the other side now.
4: So no, oh, absolutely, uh, just a little yeah. bit of uh of after. As he finishes up with that, Sprocket will begin testing the residue and goo for other properties or uses. You know, whether or not it'll explode, flammability, the stuff that'll send his whiskers.
0: Yep. Um, Give me another um, arcana check. 24. Fabulous. Uh, You find that you think that you could make... Some sort of potion or concoction, solve maybe, from the leftover material um, to make, you could make a vial of, uh, of a material that would cure poisoning. Fantastic.
4: With that discovery, the rest of the time you're working with other folks, he will be scribbling furiously in his notebook and carefully extracting every ounce of the goo that he can get out of yep. the bag, the gloves, the cloth, and into safe glass beakers
0: you you are able to make one dose. Thanks, man. Okay. Um, Simeon, Kess, and Inan. Uh, uh, so as you are sitting around the tavern, um, the uh, avowed that you are speaking to um says that there are two uh there are two people here at Candlekeep. They are still here at Candlekeep. Um, that you could speak to that had this happen uh previously. Um. <laughs> The two names, there is uh, there's a human uh, acolyte by the name of Yelarian Highscroll, um, who you could speak to, uh, or uh, there is a, uh, a tiefling knight from Cormyr, uh, Simeon, uh, in fact you know uh, that she is a purple dragon knight by the name of Valor. I'd uh, be happy to summon uh, either of them to you, so that you could, uh, so that you can speak with them.
3: Could we speak with the tiefling first, since we have a personal tie? Uh,
0: certainly, absolutely. Uh, tell you what, uh, she is she is currently uh, she's actually out in the courtyard. She spends most of her evenings uh, kind of pacing and, and thinking through the uh, the courtyard here. Why don't I go see if I can find uh, Master High Scroll while you go speak with her? And so, as you uh, as you step out into uh, the courtyard, uh, indeed you see uh, a intimidating looking uh, tiefling. Uh, she is wearing all the trappings of uh, a Cormirian knight. Even uh, just as she is wandering around, how do you approach her? I approach, bow deeply,
1: and say, "Madam Valor, I am Simeon Peleus Wintermere." Of the Muralin Valley of Cormir. Stand. 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 Oh, God. Oh. Oh. St- st- no. Stand up. Yes, ma'am. Stand up. Oh. I am here with uh, several companions, and we have
0: been bid to investigate the attacks of these strange books. Oh, and- yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. If Look, I-, I paid a bunch of money for that book. I want my money back.
1: They're very tight to their purses here,
0: Madam Valor. Uh, if I may, where did you purchase this book? Uh, I I bought it from this bookseller in Baldur's Gate. Uh, I'd been passing through uh, on... Uh, I was uh, in someone's employ and taking care of some business that was going to bring me up here to candlekeep. This was... Uh, uh, it was more than a 10 day ago. I've been here for a while at this point, but, uh, uh, it was, uh, I had a, a series of notes, uh, about Hadar, who is, uh, um, uh, he's a extra planar entity. Um, uh, and yeah, like I went to go turn it into the, to the guy at the gate and, uh, uh, it, it tried to bite me and, and so I, I put it down, but and then it turned into this, this pile of goo. If, If I may, ma'am,
1: it did not attack you until you reached this citadel.
0: Uh, I mean, it was in my bag before that, so. But a
1: bag probably wouldn't have kept a creature of this nature from attacking if it wanted to, so it was waiting and biding its time.
0: I don't know, maybe it was hungry, I don't know. Hmm. What was the title of the book that you had purchased? You know, that's the funniest bit. Uh, The name of the book was The Dark Hunger. That's right, I remember that, because I remember thinking, like, it tried to bite me, uh, and the name of the book was Dark Hunger, and I thought that was kind of funny.
3: Droll. Kes moves up to Simeon's elbow and says, what's really fascinating, ma'am, is that we were trying to help another arrival who was attacked, and he was fatally bitten. So either you were very lucky, or you have some quality that is intimidating to books. You didn't even have to fight with it?
0: She looks at you very strangely, and then looks at Simeon. A knight of Cormier is working with the drow? Kes is a friend. She is trained with monks,
1: and she has been by my side. We have fought with each other, alongside each other, uh, in the past, towards a good end. You
0: can... Take my word that she is trustworthy. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a book. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never fought a book and lost before. So it was my first time though. It does happen. You don't have to be pejorative. I mean, I haven't heard
1: any stories of anybody losing to I mean, it's a book. How are you going to lose a fight to a book? Like, when are you going to... Simeon rubs his wound, which is well healed at this point, but he rubs his wound. It does happen, again. let's get to the point at hand. Uh, you said you were working a mission for someone, but you neglected to name the person you were working with or the group?: were with.
0: Yes, that's correct. I work by myself, and uh, the people who pay me pay me a significant amount of money, not to say who I work for. That's something important.: Madam Valor, and please forgive
1: me. I am with the city watch. And I was sent here to Candlekeep to learn investigative skills and protocols. This may be a crucial factor. We know of at least one other of these books that also came from Baldur's Gate. If we have the ability to tie the people or the mission, the people you were working for or the mission you were on to two attacks, that would lead us to the cause of these attacks. So I must insist we need to know the names involved.
0: Well, Mr Mr Wintermere you said, right? Wintermere. Yes. Of well, the Collins Wintermere. Right, okay, yes. Let me be let me speak plainly. The people who employ me pay a lot of money not to reveal that information. I did not work for the bookstore that I bought the book from. I would be happy to tell you that. I cannot tell you who I was employed with. Uh, She undoes a strap around the edge of her dagger on her belt. Very deftly. She does not draw it, but she releases the strap, holding it in its scabbard.
3: Yes, side-eyes Simeon.
1: Simeon straightens himself, and while he was conducting himself with a great deal of reverence for a purple dragon... He is now standing quite a bit taller and straighter. His hands are nowhere near his weapons. It is clear that you have a limited amount of information you are willing to part. Correct. I do hope that this limitation does not impede our investigation. Know this. You are within Candlekeep. We have been sent here by the avowed. To get to the bottom of this. If you choose not to give me that answer, then that is what it is. I'll not draw a weapon on us on a purple dragon to initiate an altercation. However, I will not stand idly by and be threatened. Please understand my respect for your position, my respect for our nations, but I have been asked to help solve a murder. And I do believe. Any honorable knight would do everything in their power to trust an honorable servant of Azun <laughs> to keep
0: private matters in confidence that do not pertain. So wait, which one of us is the honorable knight, you or me? Because it's not. <laughs> that was a great speech. <laughs> <But that's> a... <laughs> you,
1: are, you are supposed to be the honorable knight.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. Oh. Guess does not need any insight or perception checks to know that this, uh, this Valor character is bogus and is coiled like a spring ready for what might happen. And to defend Simeon. Look, the best I can give you, I can give you like,
0: I can give you where I bought the book and go talk to them. Like, I I don't know. Like, that's the best I can give you. Like, and if I, I give you that, that, will you just leave, leave me alone? I will take that, and I will yeah, let was- the avowed
1: know that you're withholding on in the investigation.
0: The name of the place where you purchased the book? Uh, so, it was, a, it was this place in the wide, uh, which, I mean, the place just, like, reeked of, like, greed. It was, uh, it was, uh... It was, like... Uh, Diamond Sands or Amber Dune or Amber Amber Dune. I think it was Amber Dune. I think is what it was. Do you recognize the names of any of those who were involved in the
1: purchase, the shopkeep, uh, perhaps the owner of the location? Uh,
0: I mean, I I didn't really talk to them. I gave them my two hundred and fifty gold pieces and got a book because I was going to Camel Keep. So that's it was not a long transaction.
5: Lady Knight.
0: Whoa. You're a big seller. A
5: pleasure to meet you. Did you mention, perchance, you were traveling to Candlekeep,
0: to the bookseller? Uh, no. That's a really good question, though. I didn't. Uh, but I did specifically ask for, like, an expensive book. Like, I wanted to make sure it came and come prepared. So, uh, I did specifically buy an expensive book. And they had... Seven or eight that were all like uh two hundred and two hundred and fifty gold pieces, and that's the pile that I picked from
1: what were so some of the titles of the other books
0: Simeon get advantage i uh, get uh, inspiration please a fabulous question one of them was uh was a uh, a guide to uh ging watsums i i don't know what King Watsons are like that's uh a, 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 there's a strange word. That's why it stuck out stuck out to me. I don't remember what that was. I remember uh, the wanderings of a humble Asimar because, like, you know, humble asimar that's kind of a, a, a contradiction in terms, right? You know? Uh, and then, uh, let's see, there was my book, The Dark Hunger. That was kind of funny. Um, uh, and then uh, there was something about... Oh, uh, uh,
3: What was the other one? The other one... Did it have digression in the title? No, I don't you know
0: there was one there It was something, yeah, it was like mighty digressions or something like that, yeah, something like that. um, cast take inspiration, and was that all? uh, I mean, there were seven or eight books there i don't, I don't remember all of them. I just literally grabbed the one at the top of the stack that first book, what was the title again you said the guide to? Uh ging ging whatsums, ging it, ging something.
3: My lady, what what is your mission here?
0: Well I know uh Sergeant Winterbooth there is going to be a little uh put out by my answer here, but uh I am I am hunting quarry and doing research. You're bounty hunting? You make it sound you make it sound so dirty. Are you doing it at the behest of the crown? If I say yes, will you leave me alone? If that probably depends on
1: if, whether or not I believe you.
0: Yes, And she's trying In, to be insight, very persuasive.
1: Insight, please. yeah. I definitely do not.
0: Uh, I do what? not believe her, so I'm checking. Honestly, don't believe her. Like you know, like the <laughs> principal rule of don't roll the dice if you can't fail. Right? Like yeah. it's pretty clear that she is that. Like she's not she's trying to be like super persuasive but yeah don't I, I rolled me. an
1: I rolled an 18 that,
0: that yeah yeah like like yeah that's a gig I do well um yeah. in fact so specific like you rolled so well in fact that you like now that you're standing in front of her and kind of looking at her like from a distance purple night all the way now that you're looking at it it's like you know what wait her her clasps are a little bit off uh or her you know, it, things are slightly out of order that a properly, uh, uh, uh affected or a, a, a properly tuned suit of armor, uh, would not be. Um, and you know, it's like, it is clear that her, her trappings are not well regulated. Like she is not, uh, currently under the watchful eye of, of someone who would be expertly caring to her armor as a, knight of the purple uh, dragon order would be fed. And so it's like, it's pretty clear that while she is definitely wearing the trappings of a purple knight, she probably has not been affiliated with them for some time. It's not a
1: question. Uh, If I've heard of her, that means at some point she was, that doesn't mean she is. Yep. Fair enough. That's not a battle or an issue I'm going to get into right now. We have Mm -hmm. a mission, but I will make note of that in my head. And uh, Okay. I thank you for your time, Valor. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Farewell on your travels. If you can get my money back, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's if shot. you returned to the fold and do what it is you should be doing, that will be riches more than you probably deserve. Well, I would like to. And I to turn leave my back time. and walk.
3: <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> and Kess is right with you. I look um,
1: at I look at Kess and that one had the nerve to question your honor, I apologize for my countrymen.
0: So when you walk back into the tavern um, the avowed is there with uh, again a a, uh, mid-twenties human um, in the trappings of uh, a a, an acolyte so kind of think like clerical robes that sort of thing Uh, and the story that he tells is very very similar except that his perspective is different right he was very excited to be coming to candle keep to be studying Uh, he is from Baldur's Gate uh, he found the most expensive books he, that he could. Spent his life earnings on a book. Uh, the name of the book was Fallen Tethamar. He said it was two hundred and fifty gold pieces, all the gold he had. He spent it on this book, um, and he remembers that the the name of the bookstore was Amberdune Books. Uh, and when you know he bought the book, came to Candlekeep. Handed it over, um, and it wasn't until he had been there for several days that one of the avowed came to him um, and asked, started asking him about where where he got the book because the book had attacked uh, somebody who was putting it away, um, and, unfor- and unfortunately killed uh, one of the one of the clerics uh, here in the Candlekeep.
1: Hmm. When you went to pur- when you went to purchase these books, sir.
0: Did they give you a list of books or a group of books to choose from? I just asked for their most expensive books. They pointed me to a there was a stack of five or six of them, uh, and I uh I just I grabbed the one on top. Did you by chance get to look at any of the other books by title? There was uh there was one about an Asimar. There was uh, there was a book that I almost bought that was about uh these these strange creatures about Lemia. I could tell you all about them. The Lemia are fabulous are, are fascinating creatures. And there was there there were several of them. I don't remember I don't remember the rest of them though. No. Do you remember the name of Do you remember the name of the shopkeep? Uh the person that I spoke with, Simeon, he gets a little twinkle in his eye as he says, "Oh yes. I remember Marliza quite well." she was positively adorable i wished that i could have stayed longer and and taken her out to dinner but alas my my uh my journey's uh had me going other places can you describe her for us she was uh short bright eyes that caught the sun as if they were cut jewels she was radiant um and the way that the the rivers of her hair flowed together in long braids reminded me of of uh, so many waterfalls and streams that would crash against the rocks in wonderful sprays of color in the morning sun a vision to behold i'm sure uh, certainly a beautiful and, creature and and with such beauty i can only
1: assume her fragrance was of um what was it what was it uh what was it? Can you remember that fragrance?
0: Ah, oh, I can. I can recount it now. If I if I think, mm, she was wearing this perfume that was strange. It was a, ah, uh, uh, it was peonies and straw. It was a very strange combination. It was, it was, but beautiful. Beautiful on her. It certainly it 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 gave her a uh, uh an an earthy quality that was quite desirable, like a fine truffle. Is there anything else that you wish to, uh, to discuss with Master Highscroll?
3: Can you tell me a little bit about your mission here? What are you here
0: to learn? Well, I'm originally from Waterdeep, and, uh, I am a follower of Agma, god of knowledge, uh, and to continue my studies, uh, my master's, sent me here for a 10-day uh, so that I may learn and read through as much of the rare and hard to find knowledge that is kept within Candlekeep.
1: I'm so excited to learn. Master Scroll, and I first want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your studies. A 10-day is not nearly enough to take in all of this knowledge. Oh, The fact that you spent moments with us to help us solve this issue is a wonderful and i greatly appreciate that um first allow me and i provide him with a uh box of tea um a gift yes how fabulous it may not be the smell that you uh remember but when steeped with with uh proper water this should bring some of those earthy notes that you uh so desire it's Um, remarkably close and I want you to uh, enjoy these moments, and thank you for your time. One last question, though. Um, when you traveled, yes. what did you contain the book in? Like, was it in a bag? Was it in a box?
0: Did it just sit in the carriage next to you? Um, how did you carry it? Uh, I had a, a, a strap around it and was carrying it over my shoulder. I carry, I, I travel light. I, 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 did not, uh, I did not travel with a, with a significant amount. I, uh, Ogma will provide. Ogma gives me the knowledge to find what I need.
3: And when you arrived, did you take off the strap when you donated the book? Or did you hand it over strap and all? Nope,
0: I no longer needed the strap, and so I kept it with the book.
1: But there was no sign of movement. You didn't set it down one place for a camp night and wake up to find it in a different place. Uh, the following morning.
0: Nothing of that nature. It simply was a book for the entirety of your travel. It was a book, as far as I could tell you, for the entirety of my travels. Thank you again for your
1: time, sir. Uh, I'm going to bless your travels and your learning. May she grant you
0: additional time in your studies. The pleasure was all mine, please. If there's anything I can ever do for you, seek me out. We will, sir.
1: We will. And with that, we'll Allow him to return to his studies. Okay.
0: As Master High Scroll leaves the tavern, uh,
1: the others return.
4: I have one more question, to Sprocket, if I may. Certainly. Uh, going back over the experiments that I've been doing during this time frame and all the stuff that I had learned. Yes. I'm wondering if I have any inclination of whether or not this book was... I know that it's, it originated from somewhere alien, another somewhere extra planar, but not one of the standard planes. Whether or not it was a construct, a different entity entity under enchantment, mm-hmm. or a race of book mimics.
0: Uh, as you are, as you're continuing your studies and, and putting everything together, uh, an avowed steps in to the laboratory um, and says that uh, unfortunately that the, the time we have allotted for you to use this laboratory has a, has uh, uh, expired um, and we're going to need you to uh, to to leave to pick up your belongings and go. Uh, there's another party coming in to use the laboratory, uh, and he asks how your studies went.
4: Um, and this is an avowed of candlekeep, clearly. Yes. Anybody I recognize in the few days I've been here?
0: Uh, it's none of the ones that you've met before. It's, okay. it's hmm.
4: yeah. Well, it's, random, it's actually been very, very interesting. Um, I've learned quite a bit. I actually have learned, figured out how to make a salve out of the residue and the goo. So if y'all had any samples from the previous attacks or the previous books that were destroyed, I would love access to them to further test them. Um, but also, what's most fascinating is it's from, an, it's from another plane. It's clearly an extra-dimensional creature, something aberrant. And I'm trying to determine if it's a naturally occurring race or a construct or some other entity under enchantment, but I'm kind of stymied. You know,
0: if anybody would know that, then it would be, uh, who did we give this to? Let's see. We gave this to. Yes, that's right. Yes. The, the name of the researcher. So the, the, the last time that this happened, uh, there's a researcher, um, named Edulis who, who took the, who took the samples. And I remember him saying the same thing that he determined it was some sort of, uh, some sort of aberrant creature. A, uh, uh, he gave it a name and I don't remember what the name it was, uh, ginger or kinga or just something very strange like that begin with a G I know that a, a, a ginger a, this is not my area of expertise I I don't know but this uh but he he agreed with your findings fascinating thank you very much um well we'll clear out and uh later uh okay so do you head back to
4: yes absolutely then we would head back to the tavern once
2: we were completed
0: okay you are all back in the tavern Something I wanted to ask the
2: group that had been doing the investigating. Um, uh, the ones who had been investigating the goo in the laboratory? No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, obviously, oh. I was with Sprocket in the lab. Oh, that's I right, mean, yeah, the yeah. ones who've been speaking with the those who've been bringing the books in.
0: Okay. Well, you are um, back in the tavern, so feel free.
2: Yeah. I don't know if... I may have missed this. Did any of you find out what what the content of the books were before they became all gooey like was it just like a book did it have actual content within do we know that i guess this is directed towards simeon yep. and Kess, or you know. uh, and um,
3: from the descriptions we got um the books went bitey and dissolved to goo um we didn't get any more information about how they behaved than we were able to derive from watching the book that we saw.
1: Mm. Based on what I saw, the fact that it turned into a dagger, I would think that it just takes the shape of a book. We asked a lot of questions surrounding the titles and names of the book, and it seems that there is some connection to one single shop that the book's likely came from. So we know where they came from. The question now is, who owns that shop? Who sent it? And and was it purposeful? Perhaps not anymore. There were several books listed. My guess is we should let uh, the avowed know that before a book enters the keep, they should question where the book was purchased. If it came from this single shop, the Amber Dune, in Baldur's Gate, they should not allow that book inside the Citadel. Not necessarily the person, but the book should stay outside the Citadel. It is likely a monster of some kind.
2: Perhaps we could pay the Amber Dina visit, if that's I, within our, our budget.
1: <laughs> I think that's where we might need to go next. Um, I would also add there's a possibility of some kind of... Mm, Beguiling magics there, just based on uh, one of the people we question. Either this woman who who uh, sold him the book is the most beautiful visage of of a person of a woman on this planet, or she has a way of turning men's head beyond their control.
3: I think it's the truffles. Yes, she
1: uh, smelled head a sp- specific fragrance that he uh, was quite desmoded with, uh, taken with. Uh, It
3: left him quite flustered. I also thought it was really interesting that the purchasers of the books were just looking for an expensive book. You'd think that the typical scholar coming here would be interested in the book. I think they
1: may either have an idea that people are coming here or the type of question lended itself to people coming here with a book So they were taking a shot that the book would uh, end up here. Interestingly enough, nobody has noticed an attack prior to being here. So something about Candlekeep caused the creature to do its thing. That means either the books themselves are intelligent or what made them has a trigger. That trigger may in fact be when contact is made with the the avowed.
2: Perhaps that's the business model of the Amber Dune to offer books with mysterious names and unknown authors to get people into Candlekeep. And perhaps that's why the
6: uh,
2: reason there is so expensive. Hmm.
4: It seems to me now, if any of you had been raised in a scholarly monastery as I was and had as much book learning as I've had in the course of my life, I'm not certain about uh, our new turtle friend. Um, In terms of his book learning, but it's fairly public knowledge that candle keep requires a book and it must be a book that the library does not contain in order to be able to enter. So anybody who comes here, even when they're looking for their own information, they have to find a book that's got a good shot. And that's a pretty common practice among scholars who aren't original enough to come up with their own or brave enough to explore ruins like myself and my previous master did. So uh, they tend to go to bookstores and attempt to buy the most expensive book possible, something that the bookstore owner implies maybe a rare tome in order to secure their entrance into the the library. Um, I can't believe you all didn't actually know this. This is pretty common knowledge, but that does kind of indicate that it's possible that this bookstore, this Amber Dune Books, is deliberately pricing these creatures um, disguised as books to Target Candle Keep, knowing that scholars might come there. Sprocket, my dear friend. Already rolled her eyes in the
3: chat, but she does it some more.
1: (laughs) uh, Sprocket, my dear friend, that's exactly what I just said. Oh,
3: well. I'm glad, my
1: friend, that your technical skill and direct book learning matches so well with my burgeoning investigation skills. And Kes, with all of her natural abilities, came to the exact same conclusion. The fact that three of us from three separate disciplines came to the same conclusion means we must be on the right track. Great Mm -hmm. job, Rocket. Thank you for confirming that. Well, I do want to point out that I I do
4: apologize if I missed that was part of your original statement, but I was distracted with my notes over here trying to make sure that I've got a full understanding of exactly what I can do with this goo and its possible properties. But I did have several details in there that you had had omitted.
1: Certainly. Your investigation brings pieces. My investigation brings pieces. Cass's questions were inspired bringing up other pieces. And the
0: combination
1: leads us all to one conclusion. To the Amber Dune.
0: A doorway in the middle of the tavern opens and the avowed steps through and asks you what you have found and where, what, uh, what your next steps
3: are. Oh, well, anytime you get a book for the next, until we solve this mystery, you should ask whether it comes from the Amber Dune bookshop and whether it costs 250 gold pieces. And if so, stay away from it. Don't open it. Don't even let them take it out. Okay. Do
0: suspect a
1: connection to the
3: bookstore?
1: We have confirmed a connection with at least two of the attacks to that bookstore, both okay. the price and the titles in question. It seems very clear that the individuals are not necessarily involved, but that they are coming here with books and they're purchasing them from this location. So it is likely that the source of this problem has some... Score to settle with Candlekeep, and they're doing it using Mm
0: -hmm. Patsy's. We will take that under advisement and happily provide you provisions uh, for the road. Uh, Where is the Amberdune bookstore? It's in Baldur's Gate, but there is one other piece that is
1: important to note. These books are not attacking until they reach Candlekeep. That means it is either the physical location or the presence of the avowed that sets them off.
0: Or the journey. Baldur's Gate is four days
1: away. It could be a timing thing. Um, I would indicate that the fact that one of the attacks happened after the person handed over the book and not immediately with the avowed, yes, I will change my
0: conjecture. It must be a timing thing. I was going to say, which one was that?
3: But that was the book that was strapped shut as well, which could Mm -hmm. be a factor.
0: Uh, I was going to say,
2: we have to remember as well, the book that we've just dealt with was on a carriage that was late and happened as soon as he got out of the bank.
0: Yeah, and the purple dragon knight arrived on foot not by carriage
2: so it
1: took a different amount of time to get here
0: hmm. the
4: temporal connection seems to be undeniable
0: next time on matsroth's mighty digressions if it we're kind of relaxing at camp,
2: I've probably taken all of my
0: heavy armor
2: off. That was definitely not one of the friendly bears. Comrade, my sword always
1: belongs to you.
3: Before I go with you, I hand my jeweled dagger to Simeon, and I think be safe for me
0: go in Torm's light.